Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome back for another session. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've had some in interesting guests and, and interesting subjects in and out on the couch with me, and um, some amazing teachings about judgment and health, actually. And so I wanted to devote this session today to diving a little bit deeper, no pun intended, into the topic of health. Is it real? Is it really a place? What's it like? I think that heaven and hell are these nebulous topics sometimes that are kind of out there that we don't actually really deal with and understand as real places and as real things that are a part of why we walk out our eternity here in the way that we do. So joining me today is my husband, Roger Charles. He is often in the hot seat. I am so sorry. It seems I always bring you in to do the topics that are tough and, and controversial. But look, RT got into this, so I figure you can get into this too. <laughs> is hell real? Absolutely. It's absolutely real. And is it really a place? It exists right now. Okay, all right. Because now I want to know what's going on there right now. Well, um, before the time of Jesus, it was different than after the time of Jesus. Um, there were actually two sections of hell. Mm -hmm. And Jesus explains that in his story about a man named Lazarus. Different Lazarus than the one that rose from the dead. Uh, and at that time, there was a place called paradise. Um, and uh, that was sort of the safe side. And then there was the side of torment. And the rich man says across this great gulf that uh, to, Laz to Abraham that he wanted somebody to go back and warn his family. And uh, Abraham says, uh, the one come back from the dead, they still won't believe. Hmm. And one did come back from the dead, mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. And many still don't believe. Hmm. Now, it's one of the most recorded events in ancient history. So we, and many still don't believe. Yeah, but you know, but I see, I think though that if many people have an understanding of the fact that hell is real, it's like I, I said to RT, you know, then they would have that fear of God. And we know that scripture says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We know God is love. Yep. We get that. That's right. We get that. But I can't deny that I watched Christian, our son, uh, read a book by a, a man named Bill Weiss called 23 Minutes in Hell. And he yep. has this insane testimony. And, um, and it's a very similar testimony that lines up with a lot of other people who seem to have died or had an experience in which God has allowed them to descend into hell and come back. And yep. that, that book and that account of hell actually was the thing that drove my son, our son, into like, oh, I want Jesus. I'm choosing God. I want to know, is Jesus Christ the way? Is, the, is he the son? Is yep. this the truth? Is this salvation? What am I doing? You and need a guarantee. I guarantee. I want a guarantee. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because if hell's real. I don't want to go there. Right. Right. So, okay, so you said that hell exists right now. What's it going does. on there right now? It, torment. Complete torment. You know, um, there is no knowledge of the presence of God. There's no knowledge of, the, of a previous life, really. Mm -hmm. It's just torment. And uh, it's not going to go on like that forever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a moment of judgment. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of time, 
when God rolls this thing up, uh, there's a judgment to the lake of fire. And so God said that he didn't make hell for man. He actually doesn't say that. He says he made hell for the angels and Satan. Now, God didn't make hell in the sense of we think make, like make the universe, okay? Mm -hmm. God um, is who he is. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we were swimming in the ocean and a great white was coming by, we're going to get out of the way because <laughs> a great white shark is known to do some very bad things to people, right. right? Right. God's not like a great white shark, but he's way more powerful. So it's a different kind of fear that we have for God than a great white. Great white's just an animal. God, though, is God. He's the all-powerful, all-knowing, but yet all-loving God. Hmm. But what's crazy for us is we had met a guy who told us all about going to hell and everything that that guy, who's never even met Bill Weiss, everything he said aligned with what Bill Weiss described. Yeah. And that makes no sense. Yeah. Everything. And we both went, woo, right? Because right. at that right. point, you realize there's been many that have gone to hell. Right. And they've seen it. And they see what's going on there. Right. And they've experienced it. God's allowed them to experience it so they might have compassion on those to save them from going there. Hmm. And look, life isn't about staying out of hell. Life is about knowing God. Mm-hmm. But the very real situation exists that there will be those who reject God mm-hmm. and go to hell. Now, we're not the judges of those people. We can't judge who will and who won't. Yeah. In fact, Chuck Smith used to be, say there's two surprises uh, when, you, when you finally enter God's presence. Who's going to be in heaven and who's not going to be? Right. Yeah, right. 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 Well, I love that. I love those scriptures that say, you know, many of you will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do great things in your name? And I will say, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Amen. So God judges the heart of men and we can't. We don't have any ability to see the heart of man, what's going on in the soul. And I think it's important that Jesus, to, to point this out, that Jesus, when he said that, doesn't argue with him about doing the great things. Hmm. We cast out devils. We did miracles. Yep, you did. Yeah. You just never knew me. Yeah. Now, that's quite a statement. Where, where, what would you say is the sort of preeminent scripture about hell? Oh, I don't think you can say there's a preeminent one. Every single teaching on hell that Jesus did, and he did, he taught more on hell than he did on heaven. Every single one. Like, the road is narrow, right? Mm-hmm. And that bridge is tight that leads to heaven. And few there be that find it. Yikes. Right? This is, and broad is the path, and wide is the gate that leads to hell, and many go therein. What? We don't like that stuff. That is frightening. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What, about in, what, what about in Revelation? <sighs> Boy, that the smoke of their torment comes up before the presence of the angels and Jesus for eternity. Now, here is a key verse. The, 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 so that's referring to the, the smoke of the torment of the people who are burning in hell will, and they, come, up and before, yep. will come up before the presence of God. Angels and Jesus. Now, Angels look, Jesus. I think it's really interesting that God points that out. David said, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, mm-hmm. you are there. Mm. Interesting. God is in hell. 
God can't help but be in hell. God's everywhere. There is no place that God isn't. There's people on the earth right now that don't experience God, nor know God, nor know He's here. Although the scripture says, in Him we live and move and have our being. Everything is held together by Him. All the elements are held together by the word of His power, the scripture says. Every atom, every electron, everything in the whole universe is held together by Him, including my body, your body, and the biggest atheist on the planet's body. Everybody is in Him, yet many don't know Him. That's how it'll be in hell. They'll be in Him, but they won't know Him. Now, our God is a consuming fire. This is the problem. This is the problem right there. Our God is a consuming fire. That is what He is. Hmm. When Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, this is what He's referring to. Nicodemus was a top teacher in Israel. And Jesus is letting him know a very important thing. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. What Jesus is saying is, you need a nature change. Mm. Your nature, your flesh nature can't coexist with God. You can't even see the kingdom of heaven. Later, he says, you can't go to heaven unless you have this nature change. Unless you're born from above, unless you're born of the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of lessons in John chapter 3, but one of the big ones is, is that you must be born of the Spirit. When Jesus meets a woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he, she asked, where are we to worship? And Jesus said, the timing is coming and now is that those that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Worshiping God was always required to be in truth. The new thing Jesus added was in spirit. We had to be born of the spirit. God is a spirit. We have to worship him in spirit. Okay. What does that have to do with hell? Well, okay. Here's the deal. At the end of time, when God rolls up all things, the elements are going to melt with a fervor and right heat, which means all physical things. At that point, there will be no other place than to be in God in eternity. And in his presence of his holiness, if you're in his nature, you can coexist. If you're not in his nature, you can't coexist. So if I had a fire here and it was burning very hot, a couple thousand degrees or something, if we put this glass in that fire, it'd melt. If we put the flowers, it would burn up. If we put the computer, it'd fry. Everything would not exist in that fire. But if I took another fire, and I could put that in that fire, it could coexist. Fire can coexist with fire. In other words, things of the same nature can live together in harmony. Right. God, in a sense, has a problem. He's not willing that any would die, any would perish, but all would come to the knowledge of Christ. But he has a problem. Not all do. Not all do. To be in the presence of God requires us to be in his nature. And I could go through a ton of scriptures that show this, that uh, even uh, the scripture says that we know not what we will be, but we know we'll be like him. For we'll see him as he is. And the word for see is really experience him. We'll be like him in nature. We won't be God, but we'll be in the same nature. For we'll experience him as he is. So God is a consuming fire. 
says it over and over. In fact, if you ever noticed, everything spiritual is fire. Right, but it almost sounds like you're saying God is the essence of hell. <laughs> God is the essence of heaven. Right. So is, but, but hell is a consuming fire. Okay. So <laughs> it certainly sounds like it's going to be all consuming. Adam and Eve walk with God, yet mm -hmm. weren't burnt. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. In fact, all of creation is corrupted. We know that. Mm -hmm. And in Romans 8, it talks about it being subjected to the bondage of decay. Mm -hmm. And all of creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. It's waiting for that day because all creation at that time will become brand new. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the animals that have died will become brand new. All of creation is waiting, right? There's not much of a wait if the creation isn't coming back, right? If it's just waiting to be gone, right? So us too, we're waiting for that day as well. So in that day, though, we're going to be exposed to the presence of God, which is what God created us for in the first place. That's our very reason for being. To come into the, pre we were originally Adam and Eve walking with God. He wants us to walk with him again. Right. This time it'll be forever. It'll not end. Then it ended because of the choice almost couldn't help it in because of the choice. Right. But God has an issue and he's crying out night and day across the world, in fact, even across this network, but also in every believer to every unbeliever saying, come to know me. I want you in my presence. It's what I desire. That's what God's saying. And you don't know it, but it's what you desire to know me. Yeah, most people don't know it, you know. Now, hell, though, hell isn't some place that God is mean and wants people to go. Clearly. It isn't. He says, I desire that none should perish. But notice the scripture we read in Revelation has to do with being the presence of Jesus. Unfortunately, sin and flesh cannot survive God. It's why God doesn't come here. Why doesn't God just show up and, and, and talk to all of us? Well, he did in a body in the name of Jesus so we could survive it. Right, right. But when you say God is a, con God is a consuming fire, yes. you, you got to make, to me, the connection then needs to be made between the fact that, so it's because of Jesus, he's our righteousness, that we can stand in the presence of God. Yes. If not, he's so holy that he would literally burn us up. Right. But yet in hell, people who've rejected God right. will actually be burned and, and tortured for eternity. Right. You don't see something like crazy there? It is. But <laughs> okay, our sun is a consuming fire. Yeah. That our solar system revolves around. If the planet, if the earth got too close, right, mm -hmm. it, would, it would just fry. Mm -hmm. It'd be like nothing, actually. It would just burn up like a crisp mm -hmm. because of the sun being in its nature what it is. Mm -hmm. God can't change his nature. There's certain things God cannot do. This is important. People are like, well, God can do anything. No, no God can't can. do anything. God is not it. a man that he can lie, right? God can't sin. There's things God can't do. Well, God can't do this. He can't coexist with a sinful nature. Totally get it, which is why those with a sinful nature, which is a nature that have not put on Christ, Right. are in essence choosing to go spend eternity in hell. They are choosing. So hell is a place of eternal torment. Right. In a way, people get what they're asking for. That sounds crazy, 
but their experience in hell will be one in which they have no knowledge of God. That's, see, to me, that's more crazy than actually, you know, eternal torment or eternal fire is actually having no knowledge of God. Yeah. I mean, is it possible though? Like, will anyone who's witnessed to, like, it, you know what I mean? Will anyone who's witnessed to in any way about God, what, but they choose to reject him? Okay. Will they actually then have the knowledge that they do have erased? Okay, so first of all, let's, let's do this. Let's just admit this, that there's only one person on the throne of judgment. Mm -hmm. And it's not me and it's not you, and we cannot make the judgment. Mm -hmm. We can't make the judgment of who and who doesn't go to heaven or hell, right? But we know, right, but we know that Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ, okay, some people use this, these two scriptures incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth and he is the life. Mm -hmm. And no man comes to the Father but by him. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, three things are his nature. He is the path. He is he's not showing a path. He is the path. Mm -hmm. He is truth. He's not telling us truth. He did that. But he is the truth. He is truth. Mm -hmm. And he is life. There isn't a way of life he's showing. He did but he is the life. He is that way. He is that truth. Okay, number one. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. Jesus said he was the gatekeeper, and any man that came in another way is a thief and a robber, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, he's called the door, the gatekeeper. He's all that. So no man comes to the Father but by him, true. But we still don't get to say who the gatekeeper lets in or doesn't. Okay? Of course. So... Uh, you know, it isn't that uh, a baby who dies at one years old, uh, that we can judge whether they go to heaven or not. We all believe they go to heaven for uh, other scriptural reasons. But the gatekeeper, Jesus Christ, lets them in. It wasn't because they had a chance to accept him, though. Right. So it, if we make this qualification that, oh, everyone that prays the prayer this way goes, and everybody who doesn't pray the prayer that way doesn't Got go, Got it. that's garbage. Right. Jesus is the gatekeeper. Nobody comes to the Father but by Him. Right. But I don't get to choose under what conditions God, Jesus, opens the gate. Right. Okay? Right. So that scripture gets misused a lot of times to be very, very uh, uh, defining of certain things. You know? And it also puts pressure that isn't real pressure. Unless I go tell this person to get saved, they're going to go to hell and it'll be my fault. No. That's foolishness. Right. God doesn't need your help. He wants you to co. He wants you to co-work with him, right. but he doesn't need you. Right. He's not deficient in that sense. Right. So why do you think why do you think that God allows people to have testimonies about hell or testimonies about heaven? Uh, well, the reality of it, we need to know that it's real. Mm -hmm. You know, in a court of law, you have two things: tangible evidence and witnesses. Right. That's all you have for proving things. That's all we ever use to make our decisions by. Whether you stop at a red light, we have witnesses. People have gotten hurt and accidents and tickets and everything else by going through red lights. And we ourselves have been a witness to actual evidence of car wrecks and things. Every decision in life is made by witnesses and evidence. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's not made by philosophy. It's made by witnesses and evidence. If you can lay it on the evidence table or you can put them on the stand, you're good. Even the Bible. 
absolutely, absolutely witnesses the Bible. and evidence. Absolutely. And of course, the Bible is over 40 different authors, yeah. all speaking on God, all saying they're speaking for God, and they're all testifying exactly the same way. Now, this is 40 witnesses, and we have much incredible amounts of evidence. And uh, that gets proved out more and more the longer time goes, and uh, all sorts of things. But anyway, without diving into that, but the evidence for Scripture is off the chart. The evidence for Christ, off the chart. The evidence that he said the truth, off the chart. If you don't take that evidence and those witnesses and consider it, you're really doing yourself a huge favor and you're risking eternal life. A huge disservice. Well, yeah, yeah. disservice, yeah. yeah. And you're risking your entire life on this. Well, and, and this is, you know, this is what RT and I, RT Kendall and I spoke about. And, you know, it, I asked him this question and, and I'll ask it of you. Why do you think that the reality of hell, since it is a real place, yep. since it, 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 it wasn't created for humans, but humans end up there because of making choices that they often don't even realize the consequences of? Yeah. Okay, so why isn't the reality of hell taught more and spoken about more? Well, it's just not a fun subject. I mean, let's face it. I don't even want to speak on this subject. The truth is, though, hell, we, we but, of okay, course, but it focus might not on be, it. Look, it might not be a fun subject. No. But if we're right, right, if the Bible is right, of and, I mean, and I believe the Bible, I'm a Christian, and so do you. Yep. So if we're right, that means that if we don't talk about it, then we're, we're risking losing people that we love to hell. Yes. So who cares if we're all awkward and uncomfortable, I don't agree. we have to talk about it? <laughs> no, we have to talk about it. But here's the thing about talking about it. When Jesus talked about it, he talked about it from a point of love. Mm -hmm. And it's often not spoken about from a point of love. There's been many times in the Christian church where it's talked about not from a point of love. Mm -hmm. From and a point of judgment, from a point of, of condemnation, yep. from a point of hatred. Right. Yeah. And this is why I said, there's only one person on that throne. I don't want to get on that throne. I don't want to start saying who does and who doesn't go to hell. Right. I don't want to start pointing fingers. I don't want to start saying if you do this or that, you go to hell. I don't make those choices. Yeah. And it's arrogant to stand in that place and do it. All I can say is, please, if there's any chance you're in danger of hell, if there's any way in which you might be going to hell, yeah. do the one thing that secures your eternal salvation. Yeah, find out if Jesus is real. Right. Yeah, that's the, that, I mean, to me, you know, sometimes when I have these conversations and I have great conversations with friends of mine who aren't believers, who I love, sure. you know, family members sure. who aren't believers, sure. who I love, and they're no less or more to me than, you know, my husband or my friends who are believers, you know? They're not, I I, my love, I give, period. That's my job, to love, and to stand in my truth and share my truth. But, you know, it's interesting because my statement to them, and it's my statement to you, all of you watching, is always, but if Jesus Christ, who makes an incredibly huge claim that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the only God and the only religion that makes that claim, 
any intelligent human being oh, yeah. would have to say, you know what? I'm going to find out for myself the answer to that question. I'm going to find right. out if this is real or not real, and I'm going to make an informed decision, at least make an informed decision. Because yep. to me, to end up in hell over an uninformed decision is just the stupidest thing I can possibly imagine to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what, that, that's what it kind of, you know, I've, I, I, and I've spent a few weeks really on this, like grappling with this, because to me, it is just critical around the world, you know, in your country, in my country, yeah. in all countries, that we actually just decide right now today, we're gonna challenge ourselves and we're gonna challenge the people we love to make an informed, an informed decision about your eternal salvation. Will you spend it in heaven or will you spend it in yep. hell? And hell is real yep. and heaven is real. Can I ask you a question? Oh, Do you yeah, think? sure, you're flipping the tables. Yeah. <laughs> if the whole world found out today mm -hmm. proof that there was an evil God, not a good God, an evil God, and the evil God in two days, no, let's give it two weeks, was going to eat everybody over a period of a thousand years over a certain weight and then he was going to let everybody live in paradise under a certain weight do you think everybody would go on a diet oh yeah food sales would plummet <laughs> right right but yet we have a loving god and a kind god a gracious god that heaven awaits for and a relationship with the one who made you with a purpose and yet there's many that reject that. And it isn't they endanger themselves to some sort of God hatred. No, God just can't redeem somebody that's rejected him. Somebody that lives in the state of, I don't want God. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be like some guy that I tell, no, I don't, you know, I don't choose you for my husband, insisting that I'm his wife. Right. But the bigger problem is I choose you and my very nature you can't coexist with. Right. Right. I get it. Can you, uh, does the Bible physically describe hell? Oh, yeah. In many places. It talks about the sides of the pit where demons are chained. So there's demons judged in hell right now. Mm -hmm. There's demons in hell that cause torment. It isn't just fire. Jesus said it's where the worm never dies, and the fire's not quenched. This is a place of torment beyond anything that can be described, even though people like Bill Weiss do describe it. It's beyond. Okay, well, you know what, we're out of time. And I actually, you know, would, I, I, if I had my way, I would have someone sit here and like, you know, draw a painting of it so that we could all have a visual of what it looks right. like. Um, there are, are plenty of places in the Bible to do that. But I did want to kind of end here and leave you just with that thought that, you know, this is a question that's really worth finding out the answer to. And there is the Bible to consult first. And then there are some accounts of people who've had experiences uh, with hell. So, you know what? I hope you're curious. And if you are, I hope you pick up the book and read it, and I hope you find the answers for yourself. And if you don't know Christ and you're kind of going, I don't need to go look for a book. 
I don't need to find another answer. I've seen enough and I want to do that right now, then it's really easy for you to walk into this relationship. Um, because once you walk into it, you, you take on his, his yoke and his burden and he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so just repeat after me, Lord, I don't know you, but I wanna know you. And I am a wretched sinner. And I am sitting here right now repenting of all my sin. And I believe that you are the Christ, that you, Jesus, are the Son of God, and that you came into the world to free the world from sin, and you died for my sins. And on the third day, you did, in fact, raise again from the dead. And I ask you now, Jesus, to come into my heart and take over my life and be on the throne of my life forever. And in Jesus' name, I will live for you. And I will see you on another session. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thanks for watching. Well, Cynthia has finished her first book, Prodigal Daughter, A Journey Home to Identity. It's her life story, and it's amazing. Uh, but that is not the best part of this book. She tells uh, all of the life lessons, biblical lessons, that she learned along the way. And as you can imagine, I've read this book multiple times, and it's very good. Uh, so pick up your copy of Prodigal Daughter. Uh, either go to CynthiaGarrett.org or to any good online bookstore. Thanks, honey. You're welcome.